the Harvard Global Health Institute guidance for schools to help decide how uh, instruction will be provided uh, in uh, in schools in La Crosse County. And our guest to uh, help us understand how those decisions are made, Dr. Aaron Engel, Big G's for the La Crosse School District. Good morning, doctor. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I, I, are you as familiar with all of these? I read the uh, or looked at the uh, the HGHI guidance uh, uh, model and wondered, I'm not sure I know what I'm reading. I mean, it's all English words, but increasing to neutral or neutral to declining and the case rate trend and the seven-day origin close contact percentage. What does all of this mean, Doctor? Are we going to be able to keep kids and school together for the year or or what? What do you think? Um, I am hopeful that we are able to get back to in-person schooling uh, as soon as possible. Um, you know, we had committed to a virtual start at the, at the beginning of our school year for some uh, certainty for our parents and so we could properly plan. And, um, you know, in the first week of school, we had seen, you know, relatively low case rates. We would have been in the, the yellow uh, category uh, at the beginning of the school year. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen a drastic increase in cases. And so, you know, we're in the, the red now. Are we, in, are, are we in red in school district? Are kids in the red in La Crosse County schools? So it's the case rate in the in the county as a whole. So that includes, you know, the the universities where we've seen the large, that largest spike. Right, and and so why does what happens on the UWL campus have an impact on what happens at uh, Southern Bluffs? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think. Um, as people, I think, are generally aware, you know, this is a communicable disease, which means that people pass it from one to another inside our community. And we've already seen the effects of um, the spike in the college-aged uh, uh, group in our schools. We've partnered with the YMCA and the Boys and Girls Club, and we've had to, they've had to shut down three sites this week because of increased cases um, um, due to positive contacts and close contacts uh, with um, college-age students that have been a part of those programs. I've talked with a, a number of medical people who don't believe there will ever be a time that we can talk about uh, when, remember back when COVID was a thing, it's going to be around forever. Is the uh, HGHI going to have to adjust uh, at some point uh, with lower numbers uh, and still offering guidance because COVID's not going to go away. Yeah, COVID will likely be present. I do think, though, that the impact of it on a, on a daily basis will be substantially less. The, some of the medical folks that I've talked to have indicated that, you know, as part of the vaccine, you know, it might just be rolled into the flu vaccine in the future. And, you know, it'll, it'll certainly affect some people, but it'll also not affect most people. Um, I, I think the the folks that I talk to indicate that it'll become something more like uh, the common flu with um, a higher rate of transmission and a higher lethality rate, but not um, as big a deal as it is right now. All right. So uh, you hope to be able to at least keep, and I guess with a, a two-week stability period, you look at numbers and make an adjustment and then stay at that, whatever the level is, 
Uh, we, you were at yellow, now you're at red. You stay there for two weeks, then readjust and maybe come back out of red or stay there for another two weeks at a time? Is that that's how you're going to do uh, school, two weeks at a time, sort of? Yes, that's our plan for right now. Uh, we want to provide as much um, certainty for our parents and our staff as possible. Um, it takes some time to shift the logistics of school. We have to, if we move from virtual to, to in-person or vice versa, uh, we have to change transportation. We have to change food service. We have to uh, shift uh, the various services that we provide to students. And so it's, it's not as easy as, as switching, you know, from one day to the next. Oh, sure. We also know that parents need stability as well to find daycare and, and uh, adjust work schedules or where they're working. And so, you know, two weeks would be the minimum amount of time that we would need to make those changes and provide certainty for parents. And allow, yeah, allow all those parents to make whatever changes they have. How's it been going so far with some virtual and, uh, and some in-person school uh, how's it going? Our teachers have worked tirelessly over this summer, and uh, I believe what I'm hearing from parents is that the, the instruction that we're delivering this fall has been, you know, vastly superior to the spring. And by and large, I have heard, um, you know, positive uh, remarks from parents about uh, school this this fall. That being said, certainly heard uh, a lot of concerns, you know, from parents who are struggling with their their child at home or uh, who have uh, challenges with daycare. So um, while I think it's gone well, I also uh, recognize the value of in-person learning and a lot of parents desire to get there as soon as possible. So you've got education going, but you're not done working to make it easier for the kids and for parents throughout the school district. Absolutely. We're continually reevaluating what we're doing. We're continually trying to improve. We're getting better on a daily basis. And uh, I'm hopeful that the, the trend in our county, you know, shifts in the near future. As soon as we can get back to that orange level, uh, I anticipate bringing 4K to five students back in person. Awesome. Fingers crossed that that's sooner than later. Dr. Aaron Engel, thank you very much for talking with us this morning on the Crosstalk. Understanding education in the this covid era not an easy thing to do